What's Wrong with Whiskey on a Wednesday? What up and welcome to this week's episode of the Whiskey Sour Hour. I'm half your host, Evan, a.k.a. The Movie Martyr, and here with me, as always, my man, Saman. Saman, a.k.a. Saman Almighty. Yes, sir. We're finna run back a old The Martyr Reviews episode. I say old, but it, I don't know. Did it even air, though, ever? Did you ever <laughs> post it on your... Mo- <laughs> I mean, it's up now, technically. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But we've been busy in general, so we're going to throw back to this episode. Um, I don't know. Is there, you remember recording it? Is there anything you want to preface before? No, I remember recording it. I think it was what? The 500 Days of Summer and shit? No, we need to review 500 Days of Summer, but we didn't. I thought I talked about it on there. We were talking about. uh, No, we're talking about Kick Ass 2. We're talking about uh, Avengers Infinity War. And we're talking about A Quiet Place 2. A Quiet Place too. Yes, sir. I don't even think I watched A Quiet Place, to be honest. <laughs> You're contradicting what they're about to hear on the episode, dude. I, pro- I promise you've seen it. We watched it. <laughs> or the second one. I haven't seen the second one. I'm telling you, bro, this is hilarious because we have a full review from Saman Almighty himself on A Quiet Place 2 coming right up. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> All jumbled up, man. Fuck. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You guys already know the vibes. Saman Almighty back on the movie review. I'm excited to get into this one. Yes, sir. We we back from the whiskey sour. He's already trying to clear his throat. Look at this guy. I know, I know, I know. Like we don't do this on the regular. I know. And recording on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. True. I don't know. Favorite day of the week. Uh, today, we watched uh, You're in Town, getting some work done. And, I mean, in the background, we just had to watch a couple of movies. You're here. I mean... It's tradition the, it's, man it's the movie martyr so like <laughs> we came in we were like what are we gonna watch and we ended up watching a quiet place one because you had not seen the second one right so we ended up watching a quiet place two after that and then i was like all right sequels so we ended up watching kick-ass two kick-ass two yeah and then we ended up watching a very i don't even know if you can call it a sequel it's like a standalone uh a sequel uh, a prequel uh avengers infinity war so I kind of wanted to get your opinion on all of them. We're going to talk about a good sequel, a bad sequel, and then watching a sequel when you haven't seen all the movies before. There's like 20-something movies that come before Avengers Infinity War. I feel you. And you've seen like five of them. For sure. So we're going to get your opinion on sequels as a whole. How do you feel about that? Sequels, I do enjoy them, but some do get really repetitive, as you can see, and like throughout the movie industry. But... um. I don't mind them. It just depends on what type of category of movie it is. Okay, so let's start off with A Quiet Place 2. Something like... Quiet Place 2. Something that you've heard of. You'd heard of A Quiet Place 1, and you hadn't seen it. Didn't... Yeah, I saw the commercials for them, but I never watched it. Didn't your interest enough to watch it. Right. So, second one comes out, and I'll tell you it's good, but you gotta watch the first one. So you watch it, 
how did you feel about those two movies as a whole? They're interesting movies. As a whole, super interesting, like, scheme. It, like, initial take kind of reminded me back on uh, Bird Box. It was, mm. like, uh, okay. that one was, like, uh, you can't see. This For one, sure. it was, you yeah, can't yeah. make sound. Yeah, Bird Box was another Netflix one. I really like Bird Box. It so. rolled off of uh, A Quiet Place 1, though, because it came out, like, right after. For real? Yeah. yeah. It did? Yeah. Damn. But... That's the thing. So, like, it kind of spawned this interesting... It's kind of like that Don't Breathe movie. Uh, you've got the blind guy, people break into his house. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I yeah, saw yeah. that. That's got a sequel coming, too. Damn, for um, real? I've heard good things about it. I haven't seen it. But uh, the thing about that is, like, it kind of spawned this whole genre, again, of, like, re-sparked this light that we didn't have. It was, like, the thriller genre because like there's horror movies yeah and yeah i movies. would say thriller yeah but then there's like those jump scare movies so right like, right the get out did a lot for that genre thriller you've got thriller us, sci-fi which, yeah you've got us which is more of like a horror movie you know what i mean and you've got get out which is more like jump scares and like freaky mind scare stuff for sure you know so i think that a quiet place kind of mixes the both and that's why it's so interesting because you've got a monster and like yeah some crazy shit yeah you've got some supernatural alien predator right. but you also have that like a thriller mindset going into it it's not it doesn't it doesn't film and it doesn't like roll like a regular horror movie does it's not like campy and cheesy yeah you know it's, it's not it's campy and cheesy very serious you know for sure i don't know so we're going to be talking more about the second one today uh the first one's just kind of older news the first yeah the first one really just like this is bringing the story to play. And yeah, and I like, mean, you already said, uh, we were talking just a little bit about it before the show. You were talking about how you didn't really care for the first one. You were like, I hope the second yeah, one's better. Yeah, the first one, yeah. I didn't really think, like, it just get to the point, really, what it was. Like, what's going to happen? Like, what's their end goal here during that time? Yeah, I mean, I watched the first one in theaters, and it kind of surprised me. Like, I remember sitting there when the credits started rolling, and I was like, how it it's, ended. it's over already. Because it is a short movie on top of that. Yeah, like, it was pretty short. Yep. And the pacing's really quick. Like, you get into it, and you start rolling, and there isn't a lot of dialogue. So, like, no, timing on it just is kind of... attention. Yeah, like, timing on it kind of feels weird um, in, the, in the best way. And then you get to the end. Super awesome, super emotional ending. Love that scene. And then it ends, and you're like, well, damn, damn. what's next? I know. So, perfect movie for a sequel, and... It's one of the things that we're going to talk a lot about today with sequels is like you've got this hype, you've got this this thing that you got to follow up with, and it's basically all all of it's a word for expectations, right? So now that your movie has expectations, you either meet or you fail to meet those expectations, and that determines basically whether your movie is good or bad. Rather than just dropping a movie and if it's good, it's good; if it's bad, it flops. Right. Um. So now, Quiet Place Two has these expectations. I mean, half of your expectations were set by me telling you, oh, dude, we should watch this. This is better than the what, first one or know, whatever. Whatever else is out this week and blah, blah, yeah. blah. So walk me through how did or did A Quiet Place 2 meet your expectations? So it met my expectations. And I said it at the beginning when we were watching it. And we it was from just like bringing like the background of the story into play. Yeah, just they, like showing how it all started. They open up on that day zero. Like day fucking like whatever it was, 100 something, 400 something. Yeah. Yeah. Day um, zero. So was he like crucial. showed, and then they were actually talking and shit, some dialogue. <laughs> I mean, Krasinski had <laughs> but, to get himself in the movie. He wasn't going to uh, write and direct another movie that he's not in. Right. Get yourself so, in there for a few scenes. 
And then it was just interesting to see like how it all played out. Yeah, I mean, it, it answered a lot of questions like right off the bat that people had like right. theories and stuff. Are they aliens? Are we sure that they're from somewhere else? Are they science experiments? And then experiments? like, what are they going to do next? Like they have the kid and shit. They're all alone. So yeah, they cut immediately right off the flashback from day zero. They cut right to her, you know, grabbing the kid's hand from basically seconds after part one. Yeah. I mean, do, do you feel because there's an opportunity there to go further in this story and, you know, you could have the kids be older. You could, you know, have that baby be, you know, five, six years old. They could be living in this world for a lot of time. Years. But they pick up right after. Right after. So it's like, you know, I mean, but it makes sense for it to be right after, though. I liked it. I loved the choice. Yeah, it was I just a good know choice that in my opinion because you want to really know what happens next. What they just killed one. What happened? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing, too, is the first one, up until the end, really. Or they figure out how their weakness and shit. Yeah, the first one, up until the end, really, you only really think that there's one, or they only show one at a yeah, time. Yeah. And then uh, when she's walking around the house, you see that there's a couple. So it's cool to see the intro, you know, I mean, it's a ship, I don't know what it is, but crashes, and then they, you see, not only is there one, but it's like a whole street. And not only that, but like people don't know that they you know, making noise is what draws them towards you. So people are running around screaming, you know, honking horns and stuff. It was interesting to see. And then you pick up right into it with more action. I mean, I'm trying to think pacing wise, the movie pacing moves, was fine. moves it quick. Like, yeah, you start going, it keeps you engaged because it has to, because there's no dialogue. There's well, yeah. ends to like build fucking like, you know, a backstory, which is verbal communication. Yeah. So they had to really like, you know, keep you engaged. Hundred percent. I mean, they kill that second one, or I get—I don't know, first, second one, whatever you want to call it. Whenever they walk in to what's his face's house, uh, that one dude. Yeah, when when he gets caught in the bear trap and they kill that one. Yeah, I was I was like, damn, well, who's like over there? Was my initial take. True. But I mean, movie wise, you have to know that it's gonna be the motherfucker that they introduced the yeah. scene before, but. My point is, when they got to that bear trap scene, that's only, like, movie time-wise, that's, like, four minutes after they leave. Like, that's not yeah. even, like, they're not even walk like, in our minds, like, okay, they crossed to, oh, they made it to where they're going. But, yeah, like, they so. made it to where they're going in, like, four minutes flat. Like, that was, and then there's action, and you get a scene. Right. And then, you know, within five, ten minutes after that, we're going to the next place. She's waking up, she's gone, like... And there's yeah, another attack, gone. you know what I mean? So, like, in the first movie, they didn't show them a ton. It was more, like, brief flashes, brief seconds. And then in that final scene, you got, you know, the creepy, crawly, slow-mo shots of them. But then in this one, they were like, let's show them all. Like, yeah. from the start, they were like, here's one in the light. Here's one in the dark. Here's one on a train. Like, every different. Yeah. I mean, that, those kind of shots take, like, a lot of the budget. Like, I mean... You know, you can do that first movie for pretty cheap, but like, yeah, right off the bat, you they had to tell. see if it was a good hit or not. Yeah, I mean, you could tell they put more money into it. More, yeah, you, know, you could tell a little yeah. bit of everything. For Sets sure. are bigger. Expectations it, they had to meet, man. Yeah, and so I think yeah. uh, something just spoke to me when I was thinking about, like, you know, wow, that set's a lot bigger. This place yeah. is a lot bigger. There's more characters. Uh, it made you subconsciously think about the world more. So like the world building of it. So like how other parts of the world are affected. Is it only in America? Is it, you know, is it contained to this side of the world? You know, what are, what are other people in other places experiencing? And then, you know, pretty quickly or, you know, whatever you want to call it, 
throughout the movie, you realize like they're answering that question again and again and again because you're going to other places and you're seeing like remnants of what happened, you know, yeah, with the train or with the spot that they stop at after the train. With the boatyard, you see some other people. Uh, yeah, and then that shit was weird. When we get to towards the conclusion, you see a bunch of other people, and so it's like you do see how it affected other people, and like I don't know, like a movie that sets up questions and then answers them is it seems like simple stuff, but like there are a lot of movies that don't do that, and Damn. I don't know, it's a mistake if you don't. It's hard to do sometimes, but that's kind of the goal of storytelling. Right. And right. there were a lot of questions from the first movie. Cause it was such a contained isolated area, story. Yeah. yeah. An area too. Yeah. And so then, you know, you, you want to branch out and they built that expectation and that hype. And then when we finally do, I think the payoff was really cool. Like there was a lot of, uh, let's talk about the boat scene. That was scary. Like in theaters, uh, I know we watched it sitting in the media room, but like <laughs> in theaters, that shit was scary. Like, I don't scene. get scared for movies a lot of the times because I'm sitting there dissecting, you know, the shot and the actors yeah. and all this stuff. But that, you know, it's dark and like those guys, I don't know what was wrong with them. Like, yeah, do they have a, weird, bro. They got a virus or something. Like, I don't Eyes know. Are all red and shit. It's just, it's creepy. It's a creepy scene. And like, yeah. I just think with the, I think the sound is uh, obviously what everybody's going to talk about with this movie. But like, that's what sells you and makes you feel like you're there. Because especially in this movie, they lean into it more than the first with her, uh, with the little girl's uh, hearing aid. Yeah. And so, like, whenever they go into that mode where it's like you're hearing what she's hearing, you just feel like you're there so much more. Because it's, like, it's like it cuts out and you're yeah. like, hold up, hang on, let me pay attention. It's like a mental yeah. cue. So how did you, did you. Feel about that? Well, how did you feel about the sound in general, but specifically that? The sound, it was weird. Yeah, I mean. They Maybe pay a lot of attention just, to it. It's, it's the only thing going it's on. It's right silent, now. and you're just watching how it's playing out for her. If she, if you were death, yes, yeah. <laughs> it's trippy, bro. <laughs> it's trippy. I mean, but yeah, it makes you like give that. It gives you that perspective, though. So it's something to like show, like while it's playing, you know, that type of person. And then what I want to mention before is what you're saying. Like, they were already adaptive to, like, this shit because they didn't talk. They use like, sign yeah, language and shit. Because before. she's deaf, they're they're using sign yeah. language uh, in the baseball game. Yeah. And so it just shows you how how much better of a chance that their family would have stood sure. from the start than yeah. any other family. Yeah. I thought that was cool, too. For sure. It's a, it's a cool thing because, like, with the dialogue, I mean, we're going to go back to those two things. Just the sound and then the fact that there's not dialogue. But, like... The fact that there's no dialogue, like you said, it it does yeah. it leaves it to you got to do other stuff to progress the storyline, and you know, subtle things like that are just adding in, uh, like little tidbits. Some that I couldn't figure out. I've watched this movie three times now. I couldn't figure out when when they're driving at the first scene, day zero, and she's driving in the car, and the mom takes the two boys, right? Yeah, the younger boy is sitting in the car seat. Movie fans will run it back for me, but like he, the little boy in the back seat is like just dead stare like the whole time. I know, didn't like, say anything, right? So you noticed that yeah. it like stood out to me, and I was like, it has to be something. Like I'm like maybe he's deaf because this is the little boy that that died at the beginning of the first one. So it's like, was he deaf? Like could he not hear? Like. Mm. Maybe he just thinks everybody's running for some reason and like he doesn't realize that there's like a panic. But like 
your other brother is like, mom, 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 yeah. freaking out. And then the mom's like screaming, it's all right, it's all right. But she's in fucking tears. Like, mm-hmm. you'd think that this kid would be showing some kind of reaction. And so, like, I don't know if I'm reading into it too much. And he's just a child actor that was just sitting yeah, there. Yeah, he's just probably just sitting there. But bro. it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's sometimes those it things weird, mean though. something. Yeah. It was, it was cool. And, like, there's a lot of other subtle things that if you watch and pay attention that that build the world out more than you think. Like, when they go to that place after the train and they're hiding out for the night, when they get there, it shows all these shoes. And it's like the shoes are the only thing left behind. It's all these high heels. Yeah. It's, it's all these high heels and shoes that would make noise and stuff. Like everybody had to leave the stuff that would make noise. Yeah. So like it's cool just because like you see like, okay, people were there at the train station when this happened. People obviously were at the baseball game. People, you get a picture like all these different things. People would be like yeah, on a plane and then they'd land the plane to all this chaos. Like what is going on? How do you land a plane without making any noise? <laughs> Like, there's a lot yeah, of things you can't like, do without making noise. We were talking about it. Like, yeah, how many yeah. days would you survive? How many days do you think that you would survive in a quiet place? Being quiet somewhere. Being quiet. Like, fuck. I don't know about you. Damn. 444 days. Ha! <laughs> Bro, 400? That's a, that's nah. over a year. Yeah, that'd be all right. I don't know if we would survive a year. Maybe dude. more. <laughs> I might slip up. I would go like I don't know what I'd do though. I'd probably have like ninety days. Yeah, to be quiet. Ninety days, yeah. I think. <laughs> because longer than three months, I would just want to yell something. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I want yeah, to say, crazy but like in a bitch, man. it's just it <laughs> is what it is. To the hideout place. <laughs> oh man. I just think that if if the world went dark, like automatically, are we prepared? To like, do we really realize all the things that are making noise? Like, we can't shower. I don't know if we can run water. Nah, water, you can run water. I didn't see them turn on a faucet in nah, a quiet place. They they're laying but sand yeah, on the ground, dude. I know, like, sand on the they're ground. not even walking around. Like, I know. Let's fuck all that, actually. Because then it's like you wake up and like, Okay, you're with whoever you're with, and you're like, okay, you wake up, and it's like, how do you let them know that you're <laughs> awake? Like, how do you let, how am I supposed to, this morning, you woke up, I came in there and knocked on the door. How am I supposed to do that? It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's fucked. Yeah, it's a fucked situation. I don't know. But the bird box one was a shitty situation, too. It was. It was. So you can't see. Yeah, but which would you rather take? That's what I'm saying. That's what I was going to ask. I'd 100% rather be in a quiet place. Can't see? Can't see. I'm running into everything. What are you talking about? Yeah, fuck that. How am I going to defend myself? But that's if they're outside or around or whatever. Whatever But the other thing, though, is like it's not like it's not a fair game. Because if you make noise in a quiet place... It's not, okay, yeah, you're probably going to die, but it's not for certain. Yeah, it's not for like, certain. you can shoot yeah, a gun. Actually. You better run out of there after you shoot a gun. But, like, yeah. you can shoot a gun. Bird box, you cannot take it off, like, at a certain death. Yeah, it's, like, instant. So, like, it's not fair game. Yeah. I would 100% take Quiet Place. Yeah, I would say Quiet Place because you want to see and shit. Yeah. So, we've talked a lot about the good things or just, like, the things that we liked about it. Do you have anything that stood out to you that you didn't like or anything that you complain about when it comes to a Quiet Place too? Quiet Place 2. I would two. say part two. I mean, it was overall a good movie. I mean, like, um, 
it wasn't necessarily anything specific, but I feel like they could have. It's just a quiet place. I mean, you can't really do much about the dialogue, <laughs> but I feel yeah. like it could have been more engaging or some shit like that. I felt them trying in this one but a little I bit. I feel more. like it played out well. Yeah, I think that they tried harder to force some stuff in, which is part of like maybe my slightest con is like some of the stuff towards the end felt a little bit forced. Like yeah, they were trying like to talk too much. And like when they all like he forgives them immediately. Like the our homie turns around, uh, Mister Scarecrow from Batman Begins. He turns around and. At first, he doesn't want to stay, and then he gets there, and he's like, okay, cool. I think they're chill. Within about 30 seconds, again, everything happens just fast yeah. as hell. Mm-hmm. And they're talking. He's talking with uh, that one dude. And who does he play? He plays a bunch of people, but I'm trying to think of somebody. Uh, he's talking with him, and he's, like, sitting there explaining their whole life story, and they, like, pretty much come to an understanding within 15 seconds. Like, within four lines back and forth, they come to an understanding of each other. When does that ever happen between two people? Ever? That's what I'm saying. So And so it kind of seems like you know what the goal is now after that. And then that thing comes and attacks. And uh, and homie dies pretty quickly. So I don't know. I don't know if like. Yeah, homie died instantly. I mean, he had to go back for his family, bro. Like, <laughs> that seemed kind of cheesy. Corny That's what I mean. Shit. It was kind of forced. Was like, they had to figure out a way for them to get yeah. to where they needed to be and then they had to figure out a way for them to be the only two there like it was just problem yeah. solves but i don't know like you in the movie and like i don't know i want a quiet place part three like i would be interested to see that but i also don't know like did the story feel complete i want to talk about uh i want to talk about the end First off, by saying that, did that not feel... I know you don't really like the show, but, like, Stranger Things. That 100% felt like an episode of Stranger Things at the end when they've got the red flashing lights, the kids are kicking the ass, and the monster already looks like something from Stranger Things, sounds like something from Stranger Things. I'd be interested to, like, look up the studio that did the CGI work and, like, the computer work for that monster. Yeah, And see if it's not the same. Because it it looks very similar. But, uh, I don't know, like... I really like Stranger Things, so I thought the ending was cool. I just thought that the first one leaves you hella hanging, anticipating, and like very eager for more. Yeah, for sure. The second one, second one, it was like more like, all right, they she they set a goal and accomplished a goal. I agree, which is what a movie should do. Right. But at the same time. So with that being said, it did complete what it set out to do. It did. She said they can save. I mean, we can save them. She wanted to go to the island. They saved them. But the the cliffhanger for me is that, okay, she says we can save them. They go out and save them. Yeah. But you don't see them. You don't see the repercussions. Like, you don't see the consequence of that action. Mm -hmm. So, like, now I want to see. I want I want the next movie to open with you don't even have to necessarily open it with the same area you can open it with one of their other friends getting a the distress call and like teaching them what to do like yeah. you've got so much story to tell and they left a lot of other things you know for I mean there's it's tough because it's like I always want a trilogy I always <laughs> want, I always want a golden 3 and once they get to 3 I'm like okay stop there but then you talk about like war of the planet of the apes you've that got was planet a of the solid. Apes. it was solid and they they're talking about doing a fourth 
with that little reboot spinoff, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Because why not? You want to see them rebuild. They finally got where they want to go. Now I want to see what they do now once they're there. And it's like, it just makes sense. True. But to a certain degree, it's like a holy trinity. Like it's a trilogy. You should, the, the, the story, the mission, like you said, a, set a goal, complete it. That should all be done. To me, you should do that in each movie. And then broad spectrum, you should do that in all three movies. And right. I feel like, Conclusion-wise, A Quiet Place as a trilogy, there's still more story to be told about how everybody is now safe. Because she turned that on. that shit. Yeah, she turned it on, but that didn't... That doesn't mean that they're all dead. Right. Like, it hurts them, and you saw some of them, like, power through it. You saw some, like, where are the speakers at? Some people aren't going to have their speakers turned on. Like, it's just, like... There's a whole... There's a A whole whole other thing. Um, And so, overall, I think A Quiet Place is a good sequel because it sets up itself for a trilogy that can be closed and capped off in one more movie. And it also sets up and completes its isolated task. Yeah. I think that all the actors and actresses, like uh, they really stepped up is more kid focused. I think than the other one Yeah, it's PG 13. Well, <laughs> I just mean like in the, in the sense of like the kids are taking the the lead on like yeah, what like they're the doing. action and shit. So like the first one's parents protecting the kids. The second right. one is more about like the kids getting more involved, getting more involved in like showing their parents that like, Hey, you know, like I can't do this. Right. You know, you've got a, you've got Noah's character, a uh, little curly headed boy with a bear trap on his foot, which I don't know how he survived that. Like that was ridiculous, but he doesn't think he can yeah. do it. He didn't think he could take care of the kid. He almost kills the kid, which Okay, come on, dude. Like, figure it out, bro. Don't lock yourself in a safe. Like, in a furnace. <laughs> let's figure it out. Like, my guy. Like, and so. But no he, oxygen. Yeah, like, come on, dude. And he doesn't think he could do it. I don't know if his mom really thought he could do it. She was like, yeah, you can do it. But she looked worried. She got back in time, though. I mean, she did. But at the same time, like, she looked worried, worried. Like, <laughs> she was like, you got it. And it's like, does he? <laughs> does he, though? Because he looks stressed. Yeah. And, like. I don't know. Um, but then he proves at the end he's the one that steps up and does it Shot at the final, you know, yeah. final moments. And of course the girl obviously tracked all that way and came up with the plan and did it. Yeah. Um and then I don't know where we rank because we I mean it's the martyr reviews, we're back and we gotta talk about the martyr moments. But I, I'm con- I'm conflicted because in the first one, Quiet Place Part One, you've got a really obvious martyr moment with uh, John Krasinski's father character just standing up and yelling at the end. Yeah, that shit was like, I was pissed. It was a super pivotal moment. I think it's like a, it's a phenomenal scene. But like, at the same time, if I take it back to like, when I came up with the martyr moment, it's like, okay, it's supposed to be why you rated the movie what you rated it, not your favorite moment. That's by far my favorite moment of... I mean, you. Could, I don't know what year that movie came out in, but that might be my favorite moment of the year. Um, but it's not the reason I rated A Quiet Place One. What I rated it, like that moment goes more to like, like the waterfall scene with his son when they yeah. get a chance to actually yeah. talk. Mm-hmm. It's like I think A Quiet Place takes such good care to the little dialogue scenes that they do give you. Sure. That, like, I really thought that they, it just, like, that kind of care and that kind of uh, attention carried out to the rest of the movie. And when you have that much care and attention, you're going to make a good movie. And so I rated that one pretty highly because of that. I think I rated it, like, a 
So before I give my, I mean, yeah, but before I give my review or my score for A Quiet Place Part 2, I want to see, do you have a favorite moment or a martyr moment? In the second movie? Yes, sir. Second movie, I'd have to say, there's actually a lot of good parts um, in terms of action. I like the boat scene a lot. It's just like seeing them like play it out and like, uh, with the diving motion, he was like, "Yeah, it came in. full circle." Yeah, because like that was the only thing. Hand, hands, yeah. sign language that full knew. So he was like, "Dive in," and then yeah. So I thought that part was cool because it that part like helped them get to their goal, like the end part. Yeah, and there was a lot of world building in there with the yeah. whole finding out they can't swim. Yeah, um, yeah, because you saw it couldn't like get back on the boat. Yeah, there was just a lot of. It was a hard scene to like see where everything that was going on, but like there's a lot going on. For sure. Like what are those people? Like there's answers that they come up and it's like we don't know what it exactly was wrong with those people and it's probably related. So like maybe we find that out if there's another one, you know, stuff like that. Um I think if I had to give it like one specific moment that like really stood out to me, I think that it's going to be sad because I'm probably going to go with the first scene. Like that moment, that moment when, uh, when it all just, when the kid looks up and misses that last pitch. Cause he's looking at the thing Yeah, and it's like, yeah, that part was true. I'm going to say it's my martyr moment because it's going to be why I rate what rate it. What I do specifically because the movie answered to me, all the questions that everybody had leaving the first one. And that's like the number one job of a sequel is you got to like, Meet the expectations, exceed them, and, like, the best way to do that is to answer everybody's questions and then give them a few more to make them want another sequel. So, like, job well done, you know? And, like, there are things in the movie that don't necessarily work. I don't know. I mean, but they're not the normal things that don't usually work. All the things that you're trained to, like, notice... Like the the monsters look good. The CGI in the movie isn't like yeah, it's not something it's not that's like super it's, noticeable. Yeah, they look okay. And there's they they use they do a good job of like using set pieces or like the boat sequence is really dark or like when there are other times they're in broad daylight and like it's very bright outside and so you're not dealing with like a lot of shadow. Yeah, and so like when you're not dealing with a lot of shadow work, you have the opportunity to either like fumble it and make it look terrible in like a cartoon or make it look pretty real. They look pretty real most of the time. Like, it's not something where, like, when it's on the train, it doesn't come in and look weird. But you notice how, like, especially on that train shot, it comes in on that, like, panel of light. There's, like, a beam of light coming in through that tear, and it steps into this light. So there's already, Mm -hmm. like, there would already be a blur on it in real life. So it it doesn't break that, uh, it doesn't break that, like, sense of, like, some of the other stuff. Like I got uh, you. Like it chapter two or some of the other stuff that we'll talk about here in a minute with these other sequels. Some of that CGI is just like all over the place. And it's yeah. like that looked terrible. What like what is going on? Um, so I'm gonna rate it pretty highly. I don't it's rare that I rate something the same as I did the first one, but I'm probably gonna do it. I would say eight point five. Eight point five. And I've seen it three times, so I really don't think that it's gonna change much from there. I'm gonna have to go with seven point seven. That's pretty high for you, man. 7.7. That's pretty high. So As a whole, though, I would say as a whole comparison into both, taking both into account. 
Okay, so like as a as a duo, duo. yeah. And would you be looking for a sequel to cap as it a off, sequel? Make it a trilogy. I mean, if it's an option, I mean, I'd like to see it just to see. But end it off though. Don't just leave it. Hundred percent. Yeah, I have to end it off right. If holy Trinity. Do, yeah, Holy Trinity, or just don't do it at all. Yeah. No, I agree. Okay, so then that'll lead us into talking about Kick-Ass because Kick-Ass. this is a sequel. It wasn't too bad. I know you didn't like it, but there are some funny it wasn't moments, too bad. but it was some corny shit. It, it, was, it was bad, bro, because yeah. like the thing is... Because that shit came out... like It came out a while ago. It was like yeah. 2000... Because I didn't see the second one I saw. It. Yeah, yeah. So I saw the first one and I loved it. It was one of my favorite movies. Yeah, the first one was good, though. Yeah, one of my favorite movies for a while. And my expectations were hella high for the next one. Uh, Kick-Ass was one of those movies that, you know, made me go and buy all the comic books. And I was doing all my background research and reading these books just in my free time because I felt like it made me a fan. And then you have, you know, the highest expectations going into two. And it just wasn't that good. And not only was it not that good, it it does the one thing that you don't want your sequel to do if you're trying to go for that holy trinity they do all these things and they almost answer too many questions and then you get to the end and they want you to expect another movie yeah the ending was with that was still alive you're not getting another movie with what you just made yeah like what are you doing what are you thinking it was some corny corny comedy yeah it's just like the first one was that raunchy like quirky comedy and like it was really good it came off in the best way yeah i feel uh, like this second one was more tr- like tried it forest yeah the second one Hella forest and it's like oh. i was like i looked at you i was like this shit i was like at some marks i was like what is this it's bad bro <laughs> yeah um so oh, we can talk about failed sequels all day i mean there's more failed sequels than there are successful ones in my opinion yeah because a lot of them don't meet the expectations yeah and yeah. i think the kick-ass just like it did a lot of things that kicked itself in the ass. No pun intended. It's <laughs> bad. Like they come in and it's almost like they answer too many questions. Like you want to know what happened to this, what happened to yeah. his dad, what happened to all of these other things. And you're like, okay, what's going to happen with Chris? They answer that in like five seconds. His mom. Oh, kills his mom. Like, Dang. and now it's like, yeah, I killed his mom yeah. like right off the rip. And it's like, he's, he gets so much screen time. Like, name another movie where the villain, the main antagonist... Gets more maybe, screen time? Maybe we're talking about Avengers Infinity War here in a minute. But, like, there aren't that many movies where the villain gets that much screen time. So you have a movie where Kick-Ass is the character yeah. that we're supposed to be... He's the narrator of the story. And we're supposed to be relating and living our story through Kick-Ass. But we spend so much time with Hit Girl, and we spend so much time with Motherfucker, and we spend so much time. <laughs> Those with, are stupid ass yeah, names. And then not only that, but then any scene man. that Kick Ass is in, we spend time with his team now. Yeah, you hardly really get any Kick Ass in the movie. Yeah. And so it's like solo his story his story tries to progress, and they try to do things with his father and with his teamwork and with his all this, that, the other, his training that progresses his story, but it all feels forced and like out of place because we're dealing with all these other things. Yeah. It's, so it's like, like, who's the main character here? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Is it the girl or the fucking, it just, it, it felt like hit girl. Yeah. It, it did. In my opinion, I just, at some point. Yeah. And it's not a problem, but I think at the time too, they were trying to roll off of like how big hit girl was in the first kick ass. You know, if you have this young girl that's out here cussing up a storm, ripping people's Kicking heads ass. off 
and just like everybody loved it. Now you've got Chloe Moretz, who's aged a couple years since then. Everybody wasn't shocked to hear her cussing up a storm because she cussed up a storm in the first one. And so she's saying all these gaggy one-liners that, you know, are supposed to come across like classic old hit girl. And it just comes across as forced. And like, it really, and they do it so much that it's just like, it's hard to watch it sometimes. Um, But I didn't hate the movie. Like, Yeah, I didn't hate it at all either. There are things that I like about it. I really do think that like from a synopsis point of view, like when you just break it down on like paper, it looks good. Like, Jim Carrey's character, uh, I'm pretty sure that's that's who that was. Uh, uh, Sergeant Stripes, Jim Carrey. Yeah, bro, he had some prosthetics on, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that's him. Um, he uh, he was great. Like, I loved a lot of the additional characters that they had in. I just think that they all got too much screen time. Like, in a way, they did. Yeah, I mean, the only person that didn't get too much screen time is uh, what was that black dude's name? Uh, Black Death. Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, that felt barely like only. I didn't even. Times. This is the first time he watching still the movie in it. that I noticed paid that. Decent too. Not back then. Oh, that was back then. I mean, that was back then. Yeah, that was that before, was before Sicario. That yeah, you're like, right. That was way. Before, I mean, yeah, he was. He was just there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shout out to him though, winning yeah. Oscars and shit now. This that was season like, and shit. Yeah, like that was dope. Then. Um, so that was the first time I watched it and saw him in it. But uh, Chloe Moretz has not picked a good movie since Kick Ass Two. Like, it's just, it's like that sequel cursed her. She's just only picked trash. Sheesh. Um, and Aaron Taylor Johnson hasn't done much. He played uh, Quicksilver in the Avengers for like 45 seconds. And he was in King Kong for like yeah. 45 seconds. Um, but I haven't seen him in much. Not enough. He's not doing Kick-Ass 3. And so that's the main thing that we were going to talk about is that like, you straight pretty much canceled yourself. Yeah. Like you're a sequel that doesn't deserve a sequel. And now the Holy With Trinity, shit, yeah. you never get to see him try on that metal mask. Like it's just one of those things. Uh, It's sad to see. You see a lot of, yeah, movies. the metal mask at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like they tease some stuff and it's just yeah, like, you so just never get to see it. Yeah. So you don't think they'll, yeah, do you've it, got, nah, you've got some movie series. Uh, they just see that to leave a, leave it as an option. Yeah, they've got yeah. a they've got a lot like that, like Divergent. I know you haven't seen them, Divergent. but it's a book series. They made the first one, it did all right. It's kind of like a Hunger Games vibe. Uh, they go and make the I second. I watched the one. first one; it was all right. First Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. I mean, they're all all right. They get progressively worse. But <laughs> the thing about Divergent is they got so progressively worse that the last one never happened, and they try to send it to like direct to TV or can we do a direct to DVD and it still has not come out. So like wow. you get so bad that like you actually no have a story. Shit. Like there actually is books and you have a finishing point, you know, you have the end goal and you fuck around so much that you can't even get there. Like, what are you doing? You know? And I don't know. It's sad to see. It's just sad. Um, kick ass is got a lot of potential. Like it had so much potential. It did. But then, like, I was trying to see. I wasn't really having much expectation going into the movie. So, yeah. So, I didn't think it was going to be that great. So, it performed how it performed. But it was some funny. It was somewhat funny. I mean, I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a funny movie to just like throw on with your friends. You need to like yeah. have some of those every once in a while. Sure. But it's not just like a. Oh, my God. It's like, not a great film. For you sure. Know? For sure. Um, I wouldn't rate that one very high if we were doing that today. Uh, 
But I wanted to talk about Avengers as well because it's kind of on the other end of the spectrum. You haven't seen all these Marvel movies going up to it. (laughs) I I saw the look on your face when I told you that there's technically like 21, 22 movies that go before this one. You're like, how have they made that many movies? Like, what is the deal? Um, Marvel is big, though. It's huge. And you haven't seen a ton of it. So I was curious to see how you would enjoy the movie. It is a part one of two. And it is this big connective tissue team up movie. But I thought it was super interesting. Yeah, and I was curious to see how you felt not knowing what all, the, going, all the all the ins people. and outs. So, like, as a standalone movie, do you think that, I guess one is, do you think that it's important for a movie to necessarily be able to stand alone? And then two, do you think that this movie did that? Did you feel lost or out of place or did you enjoy the story? Did you feel like it set up Well, you answered some of the questions for me. So, like, if I didn't get those answers... I would have been lost. So standalone, it probably, I mean, you can still watch it and get to the, you know, get the point, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but it'd be good to have like who is who and like that reference points. Yeah. But, and watching it, like knowing a lot of the stuff, you do see the forced line. So like there are things that they say, um, a lot of like name drops or something like that. Like, I don't know. Like, for example, when you and me are hanging out, just us two, I don't sit around and be like, oh, Saban. Like, I don't just say your name. But like, for example, in a movie, it's like a it's an old gag that they'll do. Two people will be standing in a room or three people standing in a room and somebody will say the other person's name. Like there are so many times in Avengers Infinity War that they're exchanging names because somebody new came into the group. And I think it's basically just for the audience to be able to track the 40 plus characters yeah, that are in there. Hella. So like when the guardians land, everybody, Dr. Strange and Peter, you know, they're, they've already introduced themselves and then they're like, who are you? We're the Avenger. Okay. And then you've got, yeah. okay, who is that though? We're the guardians of the galaxy. And like Thor, who the hell are you? Like everybody, everybody is asking each other who they are. And I think that's like a, audience like almost breaking the fourth wall it's like they're answering what the audience is asking themselves right now it's like who the hell are all these people so if you haven't watched it you do get at least a name or you know okay oh that's that guy he's right they do well to like mention the powers or like where he's from yeah give some like background to you know as soon as as soon as as soon as thor lands on the ship you haven't seen the previous thor movie so you don't know his power set you don't know what you know he does in the comics but when he lands on the ship, they're over there looking at him and they're like, his muscles feel like metal. And you're like, okay, like, I get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's just funny. a fucking God. All right, cool. His like, muscles are made out of metal. You know, so like, you get it. Like, there's, an, yeah, there's enough setup so that by the time that they're all throwing hands, you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie is a big movie. It's, uh, it's a little lengthy and the pacing is all over the place because... You don't have a main character. You've, yeah, you've it's got just 20. different groups of shit going on. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it's, I think it's kind of like three different storylines corely that like kind of then merge into Mish, two. Yeah. And then you're just going back and forth between those two towards the end. Yeah, for sure. Um, How did you feel about the movie as a whole? Because it, it, it feels whole, like it a war movie. I, yeah, it wasn't too bad. I was engaged throughout the whole movie. Um, it was just interesting to see like how he, he ended up getting all that shit. Yeah. I mean, you're not like a super big nerd, but like nah, no. you were still pretty hyped when he was like throwing down with the fizz. You're like, all right, all right, stones. 
all right. <laughs> I laughed my ass off when, he, when the stones came up on the screen and he was explaining them. Like he did the one, did the poof, and they're all circling. Yeah. You're like, damn. I was like, yep, yep. Straight gems. Like, yeah, straight gems and shit. He's going to mess up the world yeah. with that. Um, it's interesting, though, because like I did see you say damn at that moment. And it just makes me think like the beauty of of what movies have become now, because you looked up the screen and one of the few times that you said, wow, or damn, or that was cool in the movie was at a time when they completely put something that was just computer generated on the screen. Yeah. Like they just CGI edited shit. stuff on the computer for a long, long, mm-hmm. long time for many hours. Nobody stood in front of a camera and then they just, and that was the shot that made you go, wow. Cause somebody's drawing and like, that's super dope because 98% of this movie is freaking CGI. It is like, there's not a shot in the movie where it's not a ton of green screen. And I don't know. I mean, that's something we got to mention is like, did you, were there any moments when it stood out or looked fake to you? Um, I've got a few, but I'm going to hold mine. Cause I want to see if you, no, I don't know. I didn't really pay attention that much to like the particular moments. Yeah. So it'll but pass. You could tell like it's, you know, like CGI. It'll pass a regular movie going audience. Right. Yeah, eye, yeah. Though. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it looks real enough. Like, I mean, there's are monsters and aliens and superheroes yeah. flying around, shit, the throwing buildings and, and moons yeah. at each other. Yeah. And it looks real enough. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, some of the stuff that looked janky to me is just like, they've got the floating head a lot with, uh, if Tony's in the full Iron Man suit and then he takes the helmet off, they've got the floating head. It's just something that they haven't been able to nail in the past couple of years. Like, they're getting there. It's getting closer and closer every day. But like when he does do that, it just looks like his head is kind of floating on top of the thing, you know, because the shadowing yeah. under his neck isn't yeah. exactly right. Um, and then, of course, Hulk, when he's in the Hulk buster, the big Iron Man armor, he looks terrible in that. Yeah, and his head looks shitty as well. Any shot that like Shit they use. And, and part of that is I think that it was they didn't have a lot of time. And so like I don't know if this stuff interests you or not, but it, it's interesting to me. Because, like, in the promotional shots, in the trailer shots, they had Hulk, and he was greened out. He was he was regular Hulk. And you saw the plot line now of Hulk Dude. not being able to come out. Yeah, why? Maybe, and I'm not saying it is. We haven't, you know, I told you, I promised you we'd watch Endgame after this. So we're going to finish off the Phase 4 Marvel Cinematic Universe after this. Hashish. And you might see why Hulk wasn't there. You might see what happens there. So I don't want to spoil it for you. But... I think that that was a decision that was made later. I feel like it was because you have the trailer shots of the team running in and Hulk's there and then they go and make this decision. And I feel like obviously because they made the decision after the fact, they didn't have enough time. They thought, okay, we can just do it because Hulk is a CGI character that we're going to have to CGI anyway. We have Mark Ruffalo doing this. We can just have him come back in and record it for the Hulkbuster and just put the Hulkbuster where the Hulk was supposed to be and do all the things that the Hulk was supposed to do. He's fighting another CGI character, just change the other, you know, just match it. Yeah. I feel like that's what happened just because of how abrupt it looked and like everything else looked so good. And it was like, how can you nail all that, but then not nail this? Um, But I don't know. I let it slide because like they do so many other things that you don't notice because you're not supposed to like the energy field force that protects Wakanda. We don't know what an energy field force is supposed to look like. Yeah. But that shit looked real. The blue ass shit. Yeah, dude, it looked real. And it's like, I don't know what, what, uh, 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 the inside of a robot 
is supposed to look like. But when he rips the stone off Vision's head, I'm like, yeah, that looked real. Yeah. And it's just like, those are all the things that to me are so crazy because it's like you had to come up with not only something that works, but like something that works and looks believable and looks the way that it should be to an audience that you don't know. Like you don't know. You you don't know me. The guy that did that, like made those decisions, pulled those strings. It was like, damn, like you got, you tricked me, bro. I I believe I bought it. Um, So I don't know. I think that if, if infinity war is a, is a great sequel, um, it it just the expectations are higher than almost any other movie. Like because it's of, all together. Yeah, like of the past decade, there isn't another movie series that has been building the entire decade consistently. There are movies that have come out over a decade, like Harry Potter. Sure, and that's probably the only one that's done it consistently. Yeah, but those were still one every other year, and then you know started getting real quick. Marvel's been doing two three a year for the past five years of this decade so it's like there's so much storytelling there there's so many other moving pieces there's so much money being made there's so much constant entertainment to be had there's all these shows now like there's so much writing on it and like people's careers like livelihood um not just the people that work on the movies, but the people that like run a YouTube, like if you run a YouTube and you do movie reviews, the odds are if you are a action fan, you 90% review Marvel stuff, not because you want to, or that you like Marvel, but because 90% of what is coming out consistently is Marvel related. Right. It's like, what else are you going to do? Like there, there aren't enough James Bonds. There aren't enough, you know, that kind of stuff. And so like the action movie, uh, genre has kind of like transformed for the past couple years into the superhero genre Fuck. and you've got dc and you've got marvel and marvel's been killing it because they just bah, 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 and just release and release and release and release and they might mess up once in a while like thor 2 or you know iron man 3 but they just keep rolling and there's no stop yeah it's just like here you go and eventually you get to you know it's inevitable as thanos would say that you get to the end get to the end and you have this big movie and this big two-parter and the expectations are higher than they've ever been for anything like this isn't lord of the rings like this i love lord of the rings but they still only had the two movies to hype it up and like this is 22 movies this is there's so many characters there's so many questions to answer there's so many boxes to check and i feel like they did a pretty good job of like doing it i don't know i just it's it's tough like then you look at something like kick-ass and it's like how'd you muff that like yeah for real for real as far as i thought it was a good movie though good movie it was pretty good are you interested what is your expectations going into the sequel that you haven't seen well what do you mean the end game yes sir end game so it's running off the last movie we just saw yeah so like obviously thanos wasn't supposed to do what he did but he did and now we want our friends back so he, we're trying to do that. Yeah, I mean, trying to get our homies back, like pour one out for the homies and then get them undusted. Nice, nice, <laughs> undusted, man. It's interesting. I mean, those are Wait, multi-billion we'll dollar has, movies. Yeah, I know, like, you, man. Yeah, like those, crazy. those movies make a lot of money, like because people Ridiculous. are invested in those stories for sure. And you've got, you know, so yeah, you better be developing good product if you're with all that money. Well, I mean, it's that, but like, think about. What I like to like kind of lean on is is I might not enjoy these movies as much as everyone else, 
and I might not be as big of a nerd as you know the the prime audience member for this that knows all the comic stuff yeah. and is going to be able to like guess where they're going next but at the same time I'm enough of a movie fan and I remember being enough of a movie fan as a kid to like think about how cool it would have been if my Spider-Man growing up Tobey Maguire Spider-Man had it gone to space with Iron Man. Like, matter of fact, I don't think I knew who Iron Man was when I was a kid till 2008, you know? And, like, yeah. just to be able to, like, have this plethora of characters yeah, to choose characters. from. That's you know, we saying. thought the Justice League was cool. And, you know, that was kind of the thing as a kid. Like, I knew the Justice League was a thing because they had the cartoon. Yeah. And I knew that my homie Batman had all these other homies, like the Flash and shit. But I did not know that Spider-Man was part of the Avengers, you know, and there are comics and stuff that go back and Spider-Man's the leader of the Avengers and this, that, the other. He's involved in all these storylines. But as a kid, I don't know that because what I see is Tobey Maguire flying around fighting Doc Ock. <laughs> and that's cool. And that was like the coolest thing ever to me as a kid. Like that was so cool. I loved it. But I can only imagine how much I would have loved to see the cinematography, the CGI, the the scope of these movies because now they feel so big. They're going to all over the world. It's yeah. not just New York. They're in right, right. 20, they're in outer space. Like they're doing outer all space, these, right. it feels like star Wars. Like Sheesh. it's just like, it's so big and there's so many characters and they're all interacting with each other and pulling jokes and like making jokes about how one's dude's beard looks like the other. Like, it's like, it's crazy. And so like, if your favorite character is Captain America, well, guess what? Like he just, uh, he just interacted with Spider-Man because they're both from New York and he like said something about Brooklyn. Like, wow. Like that you didn't have the opportunity for that 15 years ago. Yeah. You did. So like, I, you, did you know, it. I look at, you know, the kids watching these movies today and it's like, they have this whole universe, you know, they can get every toy and they can make Disney so much more money and they can go and spend all of their money on every little Spider-Man action figure and all of his buddies. Like you've got kids, you know, black and Panther, their games too. Um, the games, I've been seeing that new Avengers game. I haven't played it, but like I, I see a lot of I see a lot of people play that uh, that new one. And like I mean, that's cool. Like it's it's always been a thing. Like some movies get games, and like some of them, most of them, I'd say aren't good. And if you can get one that's like talked about, that's good. Um, but I just think it's part of those things. Like when you have such a wide uh, variety of characters, you can watch it as a kid or an adult or as anybody and then find somebody that you relate to instead of just having one main character or, you know, one group of main characters to pick from, you can see yourself in a whole bunch of different aspects in that movie, whether you're feeling like star Lord for a second. Or exactly. Whatever. It brings, that's what I was wanting to say. So any type of Marvel fan, if you're like, Oh, so Spider-Man only, well, he's in that movie. So yeah, they'll still bound to watch it. Yeah. And I mean, they're going to relate to the story from Spider-Man's perspective or whatever Hi. it is. It's just like, you have the chance to take your story and build it to, to the point where now like, okay, so like you haven't watched all of them, but like they're like five years or like four or five years ahead. I don't know. It gets tricky with COVID now because they haven't been releasing stuff, but like at the point of Avengers in game, when it dropped, their time, it was a while ago, huh? It was like 2018, years. but the, 2018 and 19. But their timeline was like 2024. So like we were seeing a future four years of in their in their timeline, and you've got all this world building. Their timeline basically started in 2008. So you've got 
all the, you know, 16 years of Tony used to do this and now he does this. And then this person used to work here and now they work here. And this person used to be secretary of state. Now you've got this and like, you've got all these agencies and all these different, like, like the conceptual, like world building and scope. Like there's like things that you don't have to like learn real quick in the movie. Like when you turn on a quiet place too, and they want to show you like, Hey, let's do, let's build a world. Let's show them what it looks like over here. Cause they wouldn't know. Exactly. You don't have to do that in the Marvel world because you've got an audience that have, has watched all these other movies endlessly a million times over to find every little thing. And you've got made up towns and cities that mix with real cities and like seamlessly, like they travel between real places and not real places like nothing. And they both look the same. Like it's, you know, it doesn't affect the story. And then you turn around and you've got this whole, you know, encyclopedia of 15 years of just history where it's like, we know what happened. (laughs) And it's like, damn, like a whole movie saga. I don't even know what you call it. Genre basically, but like, yeah, it's whole, it's his own fucking genre. Like if you go buy the MCU right now, you're sitting at like 25 movies. Like what the hell? They're still doing stuff. Black Widow. Yeah, they're still coming out with more shit. Got Shang-Chi coming out here in a month or two. And then you've got uh, Spider-Man 3 coming out at the end of the year. So it's like, there's no sign of slowing down. They've got more shows than ever right now. Loki, WandaVision, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. They've got more coming. Uh, I think I think one just dropped recently, What If. Uh, it's like, what if this happened? What if this happened? But it's like a Marvel uh, Disney Plus show. And then Loki season two, you've got coming, you've got all these other, you know, basically just hours upon hours of content to just throw at people and they can watch whatever the hell they want, whenever they want. Cause you can watch the Loki show, but you don't have to like, you'll under, you, you'll be right there. You understand what they need, especially with the shows. Like the shows are nothing like a lot, a ton happens in Loki tons. A ton happens in WandaVision, but character wise, you could pick up at Doctor Strange 2, which uh, Scarlet Witch is going to be in. And I can pretty much guarantee based on how Marvel's track record's been so far, they will explain Wanda's new suit in Doctor Strange 2. He'll say new suit and she'll make a joke about it. Like, it's just it's just Marvel's gag now. Like Spider-Man is supposed to be or Doctor Strange is supposed to be in Spider-Man 3. They saw each other in Infinity War. They were chilling in space. There will probably be jokes about, you know, that, like about the fact that Tony's not around anymore, about like all this other stuff. So it's just like you've built this world and now we're just living in it. And like that's the goal of storytelling is just immerse somebody in something. Yeah, for sure. Get them invested. It's crazy. Do you have, before we get out of here, do you have any other sequels that you like or that you specifically didn't like? Sequels, I really like the Saw series in terms of like horror, but they're coming out, their new shit that they came out with that was like a spinoff, what was it, Spiral I think they called it, I thought it was trash. Oh, oh, it was, I saw that, I had to think about what you were talking about, I was thinking of the name and I couldn't think of it, it was so bad. Spiral because of the Saw character shit. Yeah. Yeah, so that spinoff garbage, garbage, (laughs) bro. Well, if you want a good one, uh, Forever Purge. Forever Purge. Yeah, I haven't Forever seen it Purge. yet. I haven't seen it. I kept hearing shit about it. That was my favorite Purge. Damn, I want to see best, that one, actually. It's the fifth one. Best Purge yet. 
by far. Yeah. There's so much like real world stuff. Like I won't get into because okay, we only spoil movies that we're like fully reviewing. Like I'll let people know that. Yeah. Right now. But that movie is so like with the times. Like it sounds like old of me to say that. But, like it's so with the times. Basically, you've got the main characters who it's a collection of people in Texas that are white that own this farmland and then people that are Hispanic that work for them. And the purge happens and then people trip and they want to make it forever. And they're like, okay, it's not ending up after the 12 hours or whatever. Let's do it forever. And the escape is we have to get to Mexico. So we have to trust our, you know, Mexican workers that we're not paying and blah, blah, blah. And like half the family respects them and likes them and half of them don't. And now we got to all work together uh, to get to the board. How much more with the times could you be? It's decent, It's man. like it's throwing a stab at everything that's going on in the real world. They're like, hey, guess what the, guess what the goal of our movie is? Get to the border and cross it. Like, come on. That's funny. Come on. It was great. I think you'd love it. Yeah, um, I had to check it out. Highly recommend. Maybe we'll have to review that one soon. Um, I'm excited, though, because I don't know what week it's at. i got to look at the drop schedule. I don't know what week this is going to drop, but we either just talked about movies again on Whiskey Sour Hour or we're about to talk movies again on Whiskey Sour Hour. I'm not sure. But that's yes, always sir. Hype. It's always good to spend a Wednesday with you. Yeah, always. Wednesdays are the shit, man. It's my favorite day of the week, man. Yes, sir. You can check us out all the time at Whiskey Sour Hour. <laughs> Like, I don't even remember fucking recording that shit or saying half that shit, bro. Bro, I swear, like, you said, I don't remember doing it. And I was like, that's funny, because I just edited a whole-ass episode of him telling me what he thought about that movie. Damn. Yeah, but you had more, like, information on, like, the Avengers and shit. I haven't, that was, like, the first ones I, like, really watched. So it was kind of interesting, for sure. All right, well, we will be back next week to talk about Halloween on the Whiskey Sour Hour. Halloween, man. Definitely have some great fucking memories, fond memories, actually, during, like, our childhood. So it's going to be interesting to talk about it for you guys to fucking hear. (laughs) It's going to be interesting to talk about it for you guys to hear. As always, you can check us out at Whiskey Sour Hour on all platforms. And be sure to subscribe to become a member of the Sour Society and gain access to the exclusive episodes. You can get links to all that in the description below, along with a spot to hop in the Discord, and be sure to send in your questions, theories, comments, or concerns to whiskey at SourHourPod.com to be featured on a later episode. We want to thank you guys so much for your time, and we hope you had as much fun listening to as we did making this week's episode. We'll catch you next week. Always remember, make it a double. <laughs>